Hello, how are you? Welcome to the Kate Languages Summer 2023 Replay Series. <laughs> this summer, between seasons four and five, I'm re-releasing some of my favourite ever podcast episodes that I think are well worth a re-listen. From my top tips for saving time to classroom management, the new GCSE and teacher wellbeing and burnout via some of the best conversations I've had over the past few years with some absolutely incredible educators. I hope you enjoy listening to these episodes again and get lots of great ideas and inspiration from them. This episode was first released back in October 2022 and it was episode five of season three of the podcast. It's actually the first episode I recorded with Debs, and since then I've done another episode with Debs on the menopause. That was my first live podcast recording, and that was also a really, really great conversation. So if you enjoy this one, then do have a listen to Teaching Through the Menopause with Debs as well. I'm not going to say much more because there's quite a long introduction to this episode anyway, and yeah, I just hope you really, really enjoy enjoy listening back to this episode and reminding yourself that it's just a job, it's just a school and that workload is something that can just take over your whole life but it shouldn't and it doesn't need to and that's the key takeaway from this episode. As always let me know what you think on social media, I'm at Kate Languages on Facebook and Instagram or you can email kate at katelanguages.co.uk enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the Kate Languages podcast. I can't believe this is the fifth episode already of season three. I hope you've been enjoying all of the episodes so far and I've got a real treat for you today. So this was a chat with Deborah Young who was actually my head of department and I tried to not work this out because it's just so long ago but I think it was about 15 years ago when I was in my second year of teaching, second year, second school, and I was only there for a year actually, uh, but some people make a big impression on you even if you only work with them for a, a year. And yeah, we've kind of kept in touch but not actually had a chance to properly catch up over the years. So she, when she said she wanted to be on the podcast, I was so excited to have her on and to have a really good chat with her. Um, so the, the funny thing is, we actually talked for well over an hour before I even started recording. So there might be stuff in there that's maybe a bit confusing because we were like, well, we've just been chatting about this for ages and kind of forgotten what we'd recorded or what we hadn't. So I'm, I'm hoping it will make sense to everybody on the outside as well. It's not just a load of in-jokes. But yeah, it was it was such a great conversation. And it was so great to catch up with her and just I just hope you enjoy her wisdom as much as I do so Debs has been teaching for about 25 years or so so um yeah she's got lots of experience lots of wisdom to impart and the reason I've called this episode it's just a job I really hope that doesn't come across as flippant but what I mean is and this is something that we've talked about in our conversation and again we talked about it quite a lot before we even hit record <laughs> so um, I'm hoping this comes across as a positive thing it's not saying it's not dismissing teaching as like oh it's just a job you know it, it's a very important job but 
the conversation we had, we're talking about workload and how to reduce workload and how to reduce your stress and things like that. And one of the key takeaways is something she said to me when I was, like I say, in my second year of teaching. And it's something that is a bit of a mantra, I think, of hers is that it's just a job. It's just a school. And if you can get yourself into that kind of mindset and realise that it is just a job, then hopefully that will help you to maintain a bit more of a work-life balance and to realise that you do not have to sacrifice your entire life to be a teacher. So yeah, like I say, hopefully that comes across as something really positive and not just a flippant comment. We do just get down to it really quickly because like I say we'd been already chatting for (laughs) over an hour so it starts quite abruptly with us just sort of saying right workload what are we going to say about workload and then yeah and then it's a great conversation so enjoy let's talk about workload okay workload workload um now this is like I said it's only school and it's like how much I mean, I've done the sums on this, you know, of like how much time do you spend marking a, a book or a piece of work? And, you know, it shouldn't, you know, what, 30 books at five minutes each? That's a huge amount of time. And then you've got six classes of maybe 30 kids. So, you know, it's all, I almost felt like, oh my God, I'm going to have to cut a hole in time to get this done and also mm. to live my life. Now, I think that the, the priority should be the work-life balance. And you should be working you know, you should be working nine to five like everybody else is and doing it in between there. Um, I think in terms of managing the workload, do what you can in school. I'm a big fan of don't take anything home with you because, you know, home is your your haven. It's where, you you know, you've got your own stuff to do. You've got the dishes to wash or the dog to walk or something like <laughs> the that. The other boring stuff in life, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you have that's that's priority as well. Um, and also um, I'm talking to my own kids about uh, what did they like about when the teachers gave their books back to them. And they certainly liked that the teachers cared enough. Uh, so the tick and flick was always well appreciated by my kids because they saw they saw that somebody cared. And then actually just cast an eye over um, it and had a bit you of know, a And I think as languages teachers, you can sort of like. I remember when I was first teaching, I was teaching French and I had inadvertently taught the wrong. Uh, a friend of mine had a, a red haired flatmate and she used to call him Le Jongeur. And uh, I thought, oh, that must be the French. That must be. The-. I didn't I didn't realize that she was just in the making. So she said, oh, Le Jongeur got back late from from uh-huh. from his outing last night. So I picked this up and then I taught it. I taught Le Jongeur and La Jongeuse. And then I was telling this story to somebody and they went, no, that's not the right word. It's chivalry. And I thought, oh my God. So I had to go through all my books and to, with the tipex and delete it because I thought I can't have these children learning the wrong thing because I'd, you know, they were loving it. Oh, je suis Jongeuse. Uh, mais mon frère, il est Jongeur. And... Uh, <laughs> yeah i'm just thought no um so yes in terms of looking at their books and seeing something <laughs> that was jumping out at me as incorrect uh, it makes you know it's a whole kind of it's the whole kind of teaching and learning i i learn from them as much as i teach them and i learn oh right okay they really haven't got this i need to teach it again or uh 
they took this down wrong. Lots of them have taken this down wrong. So it's and then you go back to your PowerPoint and you're like, oh, it's obviously me. Back. And I've gone, you know, um, like when I put the PowerPoints up um, the other day, one of the kids, I put the wrong date on it. I'd put 2023 instead of 2022. Oh. And that was obviously just a slip of the finger. And he said, Miss, Miss, are we going into the future? And I said, yes, this is what you'll be doing next year. Um, and then just quickly change it. Or, they, you know, they, sometimes, I mean, you have to do this kind of like, well, I put that there to see if you were paying attention. Okay, and yeah. you, can, you can get away with this with year seven, possibly year eight. But anyway, <laughs> the other day, I was when I was doing my fruit um, workbook that I put online recently, <laughs> for some reason, it got into my head, my fruit workbook. But I got into my head that Pedda, has two R's. So no. I put a <laughs> Oh, no. And, and, the thing is, and I was like, oh, gosh, this is why you have to proofread. Yeah. Like, this is and actually, that is why I guess marking is quite useful. Yeah. Um, kind of scanning for that. And that should, you should be able to, you should be able to, if you've got your good classroom management, you should be able to have a little whiz around. I go around with my red pen and my little um, fantastic stamper or magnifico whatever and go oh that's brilliant and you know I mean certainly for the lower school that kind of thing even for the upper school actually I have a-level students who love a gold star oh yeah no they um, do don't they? they get I was finding like year nine and ten they're like oh no I'm too cool for that by year yeah. back year 11 they, definitely six on they're like I want the stamps I want the stickers yeah. <laughs> um and they love that kind of thing and it just tells them that what they're doing is is good and it's good enough I think this whole kind of like everybody should be at the top everybody needs everybody should get an a star you know no i mean it goes back to this is a delightful michael gove when he said all schools all schools should be above average and yeah. he didn't listen to himself when he said that um because that's not um literally it's like, not possible yeah because possible. you know average is average for a reason like you <laughs> yes. can raise the bar of what average yeah. means absolutely like, and maybe that's where he was going with that, but it yeah. just he made himself look like a nit, uh, a nitwit uh, when he said that. And you know, sort of turning back to workload, I think children should be taught how to monitor themselves. They should be taught how to take notes. I did a cover the other day, a geography cover, and uh, the cover was on a scrap of paper that just said page forty nine. Take read the thing, and it was about plate tectonics and take notes. And I, so I said, right, there you go, kids, and did the register, walked around, made sure they were all settled and they all had their stuff. And they were like, what do you mean, take notes? And I thought, well, you read it and you think, what are the important things here? And you can bullet point them. And they hadn't been taught how to do that. They didn't know. But yet it was set as cover. <laughs> and yet it was set as cover. And, uh, you know, bless my colleague. I just thought, right, okay, let's get down to business on plate tectonics. You know, I confess to them that I'd failed my geography at O level, so I might not be the best person. And then they could probably teach me a thing or two. And I think maybe this gets sort of neglected in primary school, and not to criticize our primary school colleagues, but maybe it's just they're so focused on SATs that they forget mm -hmm. about how to learn. Yeah. And this is how you know we are learning to learn. I think. I think it's in Japan where uh, the little ones are taught before they kind of even get to school. So in your kind of preschool thing, they're taught about tidying up. They're taught about working together. They're taught about taking turns mm -hmm. and all of those things that you kind of think, oh, you learned that at home. You learned that at home. Some kids you know, I'm noticing that, though, with George being in nursery at the moment. I'm noticing that's the kind like he 
you know, he's suddenly like much better at tidying up his toys and he's yeah. really clear on like, I have to tidy up my toys. Yeah. And I mean, we we are quite strict about that as well. Yeah. Um, but I do think that's coming from school. And when they, you know, they, 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 they send us a thing every week of like what they're focusing on. And a lot of it is that kind of thing. And they have circle time and they're learning about, yeah, joining in and taking turns and all that kind of stuff. And I just think it's so important. I think when you've got those routines mm. so when we had our last offset inspection they brought that up about routines and you know it doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be a big school routine yeah. but certainly when they're in my class these are my routines mm. and I've got these routines for a reason because children feel secure with routines they like the boundary of a routine this is yeah. what we do and we do it all. I've had this conversation actually with quite a few people that I think one of the one of the key things and also yeah, if we're talking about workload and we're talking about making basically making life as easy as possible for yourself, yeah. having routines just helps with so many different things. Yeah. And I was I was doing my lesson planning CPD at the weekend, and the last session is how to finish a lesson. Yeah. And the ideas that I give for the plenaries yeah. are all things that you can do once everybody's tidied up, the classroom's nice and tidy, yeah. everybody's ready, all packed away, and they're the plenaries you know you then and are saying so basically the ideal plenary does not involve them writing in their exercise books or doing anything on whatever laptop or chromebook or whatever yeah. they've got you know and also knowing that that is part of the routine yeah. you know it makes and i think it helps with behavior management yeah because yeah. you're sending them off to the next person in a calmish fashion not like oh my god there's the bell i mean it happened to me the other day because i got the times wrong and i thought the kids went miss that's the bell and they were still writing and i went well okay right pack me things really quickly and just go because <laughs> i had to <laughs> and uh, i'm not proud of myself but yeah normally you've got yeah, if they know that you're like that's the exception rather than the rule then yeah. you know um because we have we're working um we're still working on our old pandemic kind of thing so we have uh different bells for different um oh, right. groups so key stage three they have lesson one lesson two break uh, key stage four have lesson one lesson two lesson three break uh and i, I mean it's it's worked really well so a staggered lunch break uh, and it's worked really well for the canteen staff and just for mm -hmm. the calmness around so it was something that we decided to keep and i think it it works until you get a lunatic like me who forgets oh i'm teaching key stage three aren't i and that's the bell for key stage four and oops um, oh yeah if you've got different bells at different times yeah. and of course the bell sounds the same isn't it yeah. you know i need to have tingling. a different bell for the different yeah I, that, that's something that i maybe i mean maybe it's only me that's suffering but i knew i know that some new staff as well so are letting people out at the wrong time and that's something that you know do you know in the last school i worked at we didn't have bells and i liked it i like not having bells i mean you have to keep a really good eye on them yeah clock. But the kids know when the lesson's finished, don't they? Oh, they do. They look around and go, <laughs> yeah. I'm the clock in my classroom runs a little slow, uh, which sometimes I forget about. And I just think, oh, and the bell goes. So, I mean, I have to sort myself out and mm -hmm. remember these things. But, um, yeah, so in, in terms of that sort of lessening the workload that you've, you know, you've wrapped up your lesson, put a little bow on it and sent them off. It makes you feel good as well. And then... I and then you're calmer for yeah. the next class that are coming in as well. Yeah. And this is exactly Which you're probably, you know, on, they're on the doorstep yeah. anyway, and you have to kind of do that. This is one thing that I still find a little bit tricky, the whole kind of juggling. Um, 
I know I was listening to your podcast the other day about um, uh, starters and do nows and stuff. And I never, ever have a do now that has to be on a piece of paper because it's too much faff. Mm. So I'll have, you know, I when I come in in the morning, I have all my PowerPoints on my desktop. And, you know, some of them I think, oh, I can stick that one in there and uh, use the same thing for for A-level as I did for GCSE just as a starter or, or a do now. And um, I think you've got to, the whole kind of idea of working smart yeah. is really important. Not quite working, you know, you cannot. The thing is, you work yourself into the ground and the next week you're off sick because you are genuinely sick. You're piling in cover work. And then, then when you come back to it, you've still got to pick up the pieces of that. And it's just a downward spiral of misery. So we start with the it's it's just a job. It's an important job and it's only school. And it's still important. Yeah. It's important for these youngsters, you know, and what are we teaching them? We're teaching them about being orderly and organized and we're teaching them to learn. And then the rest should just sort of fall into their laps. Oh, right. We're learning Spanish today. Marvelous. Let's get on with it. And we're teaching them about time and organization and note taking. Yeah, so I think we, we were talking about this before we actually started recording, weren't we? That I was just saying that um, one of the things that's always stuck with me that you said to me, so I was only in my second year of teaching. So I'd, yeah. I'd finished my NQT year and then I was in my second year of teaching when I when I worked with you just for a year. But yeah, I'll never I'll never forget you just sort of, you saying, yeah, it's it's just a job. It's only a school. Um, I think, you know, when you're managing staff as a head of department, you know, everybody's got their own style of management. But my style is I hope that I want to show my staff that I care for them. I've got their back and I'm on their side always. Doesn't matter what has happened. I am always on their side. I yeah. just, did you throw a child out the window? Right. Why did you? Why did that happen? I wasn't a complete accident. You know, we were, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no I don't advise that to anybody yeah no. I don't think you can in most schools I don't think the windows yeah. open wide enough <laughs> but um I did I worked in a school in North London where one of the children did fling themselves out of the window uh um I was on the first floor and they had to be pulled back in again um and I just thought I said to him was my lesson that boring and he went no I was something outside that was really interested in seeing and I just oh well at least the lesson wasn't so boring you wanted to defenestrate yeah, literally <laughs> like, I mean, it was oh, a good teaching moment for the you know the phrase defenestration coming from you know the french fenetre and all this kind of stuff oh, yeah. everything's a teachable moment yeah but you know he didn't die but you know it's just working smarter getting getting the kids behaving in such a way that you can move around the classroom and you can mark their work and you have a little chat with them and go, oh, this is brilliant. I'm very much into the praise, not the whole kind of like, oh, you turned up, well done. But, you know, you find something that you like about every single kid because the kids are kind of like, you hate us, miss, don't you? And I went, no, don't waste my time on that. I mean, yeah, honestly, like, sorry, <laughs> but you don't take up that much room in my brain. No, I, mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't I really can't think about you when you're not sitting mind. right in front of me. <laughs> you know um and I just you know I had a little one the other day in year seven and he was just a little bit chaotic and he was being a bit cheeky and I said oh come on outside we need to have a little chat and he was going oh, you don't like me and I said I just said oh you need to give me better reasons to like you and I said one of the reasons I really like you is that you've got really nice handwriting and he went oh have I 
And I said, yeah, I think it's fabulous. I think you should have your own font. Oh, he was so pleased with himself. I said, now we're going to go back in again. We're going to start again. You're going to give me your best, aren't you? And he went, oh, yes, I am. I, I'm, a, I'm going to write very deeply as well. Give it out, <laughs> give it back. You know, I, I think, you know, teaching languages is hard enough. Getting them on board and getting them to, to, to buy into it. And everybody speaks English. So you have to, you have to, you have to find other ways of do you um, think so yeah I think that's something that again I remember about you actually is just the having such positive relationships with students and you kind of you're I don't know I feel like you're the kind of person who really gets to know the kids as you're saying and like you seem to I, I think I feel like you knew the kids in my classes as much as um your own as well quite mm -hmm. often but how do you do that when you first start out and you don't really know the kids? And I mean, obviously, it takes a while to build up. that. It rapport. does. It does take a while. And I think, you know, and I remember when I first started teaching in ADT, which was Ashcroft's former name when it was a city yes. technology college. And I just I got I just you just kind of I think because I'm interested in people and their stories and their backgrounds and, you know, yeah. Did you know, did you hurt your leg? Somebody's coming in with a broken leg. What happened? And the story, uh, yeah, I think personal stories, because people, people like to talk by themselves. People like to hear about other people. And those are the things that connect us with each other. Um, you know, a kid will go, you know, you, you get these emails saying, so-and-so's mother died over the summer, give her a bit of TLC. And it's not about, you know, saying, oh, your mother died, I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, it's about sort of making that connection. I go, my mum died when I was when I was younger and it was really sad. And, you know, but she's watching you and she's, you know, wherever oh. she is, she's, she's there, she's watching. She wants you to do your best and she still loves you. That love is still there. And, you know, just tell them your experience. Or even if it's like, you know, oh, you're left-handed. I'm left-handed as well. We are brilliant, aren't we? Um, are you left-handed? Which left-handed people? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I do. Um, I do. I'm, you don't you notice? Know, you always yeah. notice when people are left-handed as well. When you are left-handed. Yeah. So it's about you know it's about making those little connections because those kids come to school and they want to be with people who they have something in common with, um, and who treat them like humans. I think that's the thing is that you don't just look at them as like this mass of faces sitting yeah. in front of you. That you actually get to know them as individuals. And yeah, and I just I'm thinking like as a young teacher I think I would have been a bit nervous about telling them anything about myself or yeah and I, know, think I, I don't know it, but I guess you you pick and choose like you yeah. don't tell them the details of your private life yeah. for example yeah if yeah I mean obviously th there are some things like when people get married it's quite obvious or whatever things yeah. like that but um yeah, you tell them as, as much as you feel comfortable with. Yeah, and I think, you know, they appreciate that you you share those things. When I was in Ashcroft, um, I had my wedding dress delivered to uh, the school and I got a, an email saying that it was there. And one of my year 10 boys said, let's oh, can I go and get it? Can I go and get it? So off he went downstairs and he came back with his box and they were going, you going to open it? And I went, no. And they went, please open it. And they went, you've not invited any of us to the wedding. So, <laughs> you need to open it you know anyway so I opened it and I hung it up and they were their faces fell and they were oh oh okay right oh looks looks nice and then one of them said I think it's inside out miss <laughs> it is so I turned it the right way around and then all the oh 
miss and the boy who'd gone to collect it for me said oh miss I would marry you and that that's beautiful and I said well that would be weird but uh, nonetheless I appreciate all of that um, and it was that you know okay we took 10 minutes out of the lesson we'd wasted 10 minutes of time but oh. I had them all you know they were all kind of you know you have to t- show us the photos and you have to you know and certainly for our subject though all of those things are like let's describe the dress so it's so <laughs> beautiful it's so very beautiful and it's this color and it's you know it's uh and they love they love the fact that i'd shared that with me and then i had to sort of wrap it all up and get it back in a box I love um, that they, they obviously were just like yeah oh it's inside so, out okay <laughs> yeah so you know i i'm i'm fine with sharing things with them i'm very open as to things that have happened to me and uh but obviously you know you're you're right you wouldn't tell them anything so so weird not too private okay so what about though like I'm just thinking if trainee teachers or ECTs are listening and thinking oh yeah well I you know I get I'm observed all the time and I feel like I can't have those moments with a class because I feel like I'm performing and I'm on yeah you know I'm kind of you should be able to and then you should you know when you're having your your feedback conversation you go the reason I'm doing this is because I want to connect with these children and I want to build and building relationships is extremely important it's really something in my school that I absolutely love is that they really push that agenda of building of relationships either with the kid or the family and one of the things I I do is um we're uh we're supposed to make phone calls home sometimes you, I can't do that I'm you know there's always somebody coming in and I so emails work for me I yeah. only ever send a positive email home so you know I'll pick one person in the class and I'll just send a little email saying just to let you know that Kate was really good in her Spanish lesson today and she got everything right and I'm so proud of her and you know give her a pat on the back when she comes home so Kate comes back into my lesson the next day and goes oh my mom got your email or mom sends me an email going oh my god that is so nice thank you so much so they know that Mrs. Young, she's a nice teacher. She's lovely. She's going to she's going to heap all this praise on you. It also means when they turn up for parents evening and I do have to tell them something icky, they're kind of like, oh, God, no, we're going to sort that out. Don't worry, because because they have this relationship with you where they don't want you to be disappointed mm. because you have shown love and respect and kindness to their child. And I do, I think these things are obvious, you know, and if you're a, if you're a young teacher and you're being observed, uh, I mean, even if you're an old teacher like me and you're being observed, you, you think, oh God, you know, I've got to put on the show. I've got to tick all these boxes. I've got to do all the other stuff as well, because all those, those building relationships are not box ticking things because they can't be, because you can't really measure them. They are essential mm, yeah. to the smooth running, to the interaction and to the, what you, what you need those kids to do is to be working with you and for you and because of you, because with our subject, it's not, I mean, I used to be quite envious of maths and English teachers because it was like, you have to do this, you know, and I thought they were home and dry. And then you observe a maths class and they're still like trying to go, look, this is important. And they go, no, but it's dull, it's boring. I can't do these fractions. So I, you know, kind of reset my um, my mind on on the fact that theirs isn't an easy ride either so for us it's about you know it's all about communication we are communicators and it's about those lovely moments and it's you know it's also about 
us enjoying what we do in the classroom. It's yeah. about us having, uh, I was, I had a, uh, um, what are they called now? ECT teacher um, come and see my year seven lesson on Friday last where we had no internet and the kids were late because they'd come from PE. They didn't know where they were going. We had 15 minutes of Fafarama at the start and he was there he's taking his notes and I'm thinking oh my god I'm so sorry you've come to see an experienced teacher and you are now seeing an experienced teacher pulling herself out of a big <laughs> hole so uh, I said right you know got them all in order and there was still a bit can I go to the toilet no you can't da, da, da. the books out and then they were underlining everything so I spent another 10 minutes of just getting them ordered again and then and he was at the end of it he said Oh, God, it's really, he said, you know, the bedrock of all of that was getting the behavior right. And once you've got that, I said, do you know, I don't know. I don't have schools. Certainly, I think our school has kind of, no, not given up on that, but it just kind of, uh, it's sort of been sidelined behavior management. And I think, yeah, that needs to come right back. And we need to have, yeah. you know, it's about the, the, right, once you've got the behavior, and you've got them eating out of your hand they will eat out of your hand forever mm. um and uh, this ECE, ect guy um which always is, it sounds like somebody who spelled etc wrongly um and he was just saying you know he finds that you know he's got all these other boxes to tick as a, as a new teacher and and you know the sort of the lesson plan the, the differentiation the routines da, 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 da. and i said well actually when you've got your your behavior down pat you don't have to have this complex lesson. You can have something quite straightforward where you get them in. Yeah, what was that? I remember it was Doug again, and the master of the bombo said, right, here's a lesson. You tell them what you're going to teach them. You teach them. And then you tell them what you've taught them. Yeah, this is so funny. That's exactly what I was saying in my CPD of yeah. lesson planning 101. Yeah. You tell them what you're going to tell them. Then you tell them it. Then you tell them what you've told them. That's yeah. it. Maybe I, I got it from them. Yeah, I got that. And others yeah, go, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so that's how not, you tell a story. That's how you write an essay. Like, yeah. It's that simple structure. And I think, I think every I think a lot of things gets a lot of things get mangled and complicated and overly complicated. So that these young teachers feel they've got to do this and this and this and this and this yeah, and this. Yeah, and yeah. Just pushes them down into the ground and then they go, teaching's not for me. And we are losing hand over fist, lots of great young people who are just beaten by this. And it's not their fault. It's it's the system's fault. Um, and to go back um, round to what you were talking about, saying, you know, it is just a job, it's only a school. Yeah. I think if we're modelling that to students, yeah. that they then go into the workplace, mm. realising that it is just a job. Yeah. But if we, if, if the, if the behaviour that we're modelling to them is the only way of being good at your job is to work 90 hours a week, be absolutely exhausted, sacrifice your entire private life and family life for your job. Yeah. We're not actually modeling no, it's what it should be like for them after not. school. I've not actually really thought about that before, but when you were talking about it earlier, I was just like, yeah, we are role models. Teachers yeah. are role models, you know, yeah. and we have to model for them what they should be doing in the future yeah and we need to be good people about it and we need to say yes you're important to me but so are other things yeah yes I'm important to you but so are other things you know yeah. your mom and dad are important to you your dog's important to you you so, know what? I really wish that we had recorded like loads of what we talked about before because <laughs> we were talking about <laughs> and you know what the bin lorry is going past <laughs> okay. 
Well, we could do we can do it again because I'm free on the Monday and it gives me it, it makes me feel like I'm doing something uh interesting uh useful and it's kind of like it gets gets me in my mindset for, for yeah. tomorrow and and stuff that and also kind of make makes me feel oh my god I still enjoy this and yeah I kind of think about why I why I have of late stopped enjoying it mm. um you know so there's sometimes like I just think I want to retire. I want to take the money and run. I don't care if it's less. I'll just take the money and run. Uh, but then I just think, actually, I, enjoy, I thoroughly enjoy being in the classroom. When you talk um, about kids, honestly, your face just lights up. Right? Oh, you obviously love working with kids. Yeah. yeah. But it's all the other, it's just the box sticking that I can't be doing with. And, you know, and I just sometimes I'm, I get myself into a little bit of bother because I forget um, and things get undone. It's a deadline here or there for something that with the best will in the world schools put these into place because they are needed but that's that's where I get my kind of oh no I can't do this for much longer maybe we should do a little mini series of like Deb's wisdom (laughs) (laughs) pearls of wisdom you know so well you think is if I didn't you know it's kind of like I've been doing this for 25 years if I'm no good at it then put me in the bin um but you know uh there are you know there's 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 stuff there's little pearls there's little gems to be picked out of all that experience and stuff that other stuff that I did when I was in the my NQT and that I still do um because it worked um Mm. and then of course you know with ever-changing governments and policies and ministers for education are we going to do this and we're going to do that and they it was this and then it all comes back around and the pendulum comes back you know here we are and I love I am the, the, the teacher of grammar. Um, and then I've got colleagues who are native speakers who can do all the rest of the stuff. But um love grammar. That's know, why I love teaching teachers, because I get love, to do loads of grammar. grammar. <laughs> um and one of my one of my colleagues who's Spanish, she said, Oh, yeah, you went to a grammar school. That's why you like grammar. And I went, Yeah, that wasn't the sole focus of my education in the grammar school. And uh, I told him when I'm not allowed to talk about being in a grammar school, um, because it's it's a bit of a dirty word in the in the circles that we mix in but um yeah there's 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 lots more but um workload it's only a job it's only school um you need to really look after yourself because you're 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 useless if you're going to have some time off because you are burnt out it's not it's not good for you and I wouldn't want it for any of my staff so you know if I've got a member of my staff who goes I can't go to that meeting this afternoon because I'm so tired I'll go well listen you get off home get yourself some tea and biscuits and i'll see you fresh tomorrow it's fine you know nothing it's not life or death yeah exactly right i am going anyway, to lovely talking to you yeah i know it's so um, nice catching up uh i better take the dog out she's sort of padding around um uh, i'll take her out for her her midday walk and uh then i can you know get on with my the rest of my day before i have to go back to work tomorrow but you know i kind of feel quite upbeat and cheerful about and I think that's another thing. I think people need to go into work, you know, wake up in the morning and go, oh, I'm going into work. I've got everything in order. Be fine. I'll get to chat with my friends, my colleagues. And uh, one of the kids is bound, bound to make me laugh. And I'd still prefer it. Uh, I still prefer teaching to being working in an office, even though mm-hmm. sometimes I think I'd love to work in an office again. But, you know, I think I'd be rubbish in an office if I end up back there. But it's 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 great it's a great job i think it's just it's just too much at the moment um yeah the expectation 
I think, um, you know, it's the whole kind of, I'm, uh, I, I remember there was a, you're too young for this, but there's a program called Cracker Jack years and years ago. And one of the things, a TV, a kids TV program, they would give the kids all these presents and then they would do a quiz thing on that. And you could take away as much as you could carry. And there would always be some little kid who dropped a lot. And Whoa. sometimes yeah, that's, think, yeah. there's your young teachers doing their very best to get all the prizes. And then, you know, you drop it. We, we live in different times now. We should be able to go, right, okay, that's too much for you. I'm mm. going to take some of that away from you and give it to somebody else or do it myself. And I think that's what good managers should do is not, you know, is, you know, put, put, you know, you'll know this, you've got a baby. You can't keep shoveling food down him. You just, you know, you have to... <laughs> just, yeah, what you're talking about, it just reminds me of the way George like tries to carry all his toys all well, exactly. And you then know. he just drops them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. These are gravitational forces against us. Anyway, right. Yes. I'll say bye. Oh, Lovely. Um, I'm going to take doggy out and you can uh, sort the bins out or whatever you need to do. <laughs> go, go and get my child from nursery. So oh, yeah. All right, then. Well, this has been lovely. I've really it's enjoyed it. I feel quite uplifted for the rest of the day. Good. So, um, oh, glad to uh, hear it. Yeah. I'll uh, take my little trip up to the chemist to get me HRT. <laughs> so there you go our chat about workload with Debs and I'd forgotten until I went back through and started uh, editing it again that it was just very very funny as well have hilarious anecdotes and funny stories and actually I mean her stories were quite funny but it did make me think about what am I going to do for Halloween? I know it's like a month away at the moment, but um, I was thinking, oh yeah, I could do a Halloween podcast episode. What am I going to do? And I thought, ooh, how about some teaching horror stories? Now, I'm kind of assuming that these will be funny stories. I don't know, maybe some actual like horror stories. But yeah, probably funny ones like the anecdote uh, Deb's told about accidentally teaching jean Gere, which <laughs> I was proper crying with laughter when she was telling me about that so yeah if you want to get in touch with your horror stories from your time as a teacher then please do or even when you were a kid are there any horror stories from when you were at school when you were a kid but yeah probably just funny more than like actual horror stories so yeah funny terrible things if that makes sense so yeah do get in touch as always i am at kate languages on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and you can email me through the website katelanguages.co.uk. I can't wait to hear from you. Okay, until next time. Au revoir, auf Wiedersehen, adios, bye. <laughs>